I like the song. Did you write it? Yeah. That's pretty dope. <laughs> I hope we get to hear it. Welcome to the show. This is my show. Thanks for tuning in. Here it comes again. I am here with Victor Altamirano. Good evening. Is that right? Yeah, Altamirano. Oh, you Pretty said close. It, you said it way better. It sounded it sounded great. It sounded <laughs> Thanks. Great. I don't get that a lot. It's very seldom. What is your age and what do you currently do for a living? Um, my age is 30. I'm 30 years old. And I am in the fight biz, as they say. The fight biz. <laughs> the fight biz. So I'm a professional fighter. Just got signed to the UFC via the Dana White's Contender Series. Super awesome. Shout out to them. And that's what I do every day. I just dedicate my life to martial arts at this level. Excellent. This is going to get gross after a while. Yeah? Yeah, because you can hear every little... I'll put it away because if it's not in front of me, <laughs> I don't have stuff. Distractions. Me. Distractions. I love popcorn. popcorn really? For, yeah, it's one of my favorite snacks. It's perfect. Why do you think they have them as movie snacks? I don't know. They're supposed to be quiet, ironically enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are kind of fluffy, but yeah, you get some mouth noises and crunching, you know. People with cotton mouth. Yeah. But also, I don't like it because it gets stuck in my teeth all the time. Like in the back, I get stuck in the yeah. back of my teeth. And, um, it's just really annoying. Yeah, and then you have to brush your teeth immediately after. <laughs> right. But you're in the movie theater, and you're about to kiss her, so you're like, fuck, what do I do? <laughs> Bad choice. <laughs> some of you out there may already know, but... To highlight an interesting part of this exchange is that Victor is married to my ex-wife. Oh, that's right. Emily, shout out to you. <laughs> and while some of you might think that's weird, it is weird, but I love it. And I love that you guys found each other. I'm really happy for both of you. I mean yeah. that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for, uh, you know, you're an important part of her growth. And I get to spend my life with the product of that. That's crazy. You know. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. Thank you. Um, you know, I can't remember what she came by for a while back. I think it might have been to watch Ichabod or something. But that's when I saw that she had the baby bump. Oh, yeah. And Must have been last year. Yeah. And I didn't know she was pregnant. So that really me caught me. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> that really caught me off guard, you know, just being put in a situation that I'd really never thought about. You know, and I didn't know how I was going to feel. And it was just, I was just so happy. I was so yeah. happy for her because I could see how happy she was. And man, yeah, I got a little emotional. It was, uh, weird. that's great. You should, <laughs> should stop by and see him. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty to. cool. So, what's his name? His name's Tlaloc. Tlaloc? Yep. That was really good. First try, Tlaloc. It was, what? it's really good. You have a short nope. nickname? I call him Tlaloc. Emily likes to call him Locke. Oh, okay. Like a dreadlock or, yeah. A lock or something. And um, most people call him lock. Yeah. Awesome. So what's the story behind? The story behind, Tlaloc is the acid god of rain. It sounds cool. I want him to immediately know that he has a culture. Yeah. It's in his name. So he, at the very least, it will instill some curiosity of why is my name Tlaloc. Sure. And I'm not going to tell him unless he wants to know. So I want him to have that curiosity. 
And it just sounds really cool. It's it's really nice. I like it. It's unique. You don't hear it a lot, you know. My name's Victor, and I don't. I never met a lot of Victors, so it was kind of nice to, you know, just be identified. Like, oh, that's that's Victor. Some people call me Vic, and sometimes there's someone named Nick in the room. Uh-huh. That throws me off. <laughs> so like, hey Nick, I'm like, what's up? He's like, not you. Not you, Victor. <laughs> well, it's a conversation starter too for the kid, you know, because everyone you encounter throughout your life oh what's what's that mean or what's, what's that, that from? mean yeah you know? unless it unless might, you might know about a, it or yeah unless he gets annoyed and he's just oh, again <laughs> again <laughs> we just wear a shirt that says what his name means with the uh the you know how dictionaries have the pronunciation yeah, written right, right. like that <laughs> that's a good idea speaking of the baby what is one of the biggest differences or changes in your life that you've noticed since the baby was born i want to be i want to be around him I feel like I'm always on the go. I've always been on the go, and I've always liked that. I like always having cool things to do. And he just makes me want to either do those things with him or me want to go where he is so that I can do whatever he's doing and watch him grow, watch him learn, watch him do cool things, you know, and I just want to witness that. Sure. That's it. It's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. So you catch yourself thinking about, you know, maybe like what your parents thought about you or, you know, what Emily's parents thought about her. Yeah, it really gets you thinking. It's like, oh, man, is this what my mom thought? Because I didn't hear when she was screaming at me, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's not what I felt. So from that perspective, there's no way they didn't love us this much, you know. Yeah. But yet we are not seeing that until right now. Mm -hmm. Why not? So it makes me like, damn, it doesn't matter how much I try. They're not going to know until yeah. they know. And it's somewhat annoying when people would tell me, you know, when you have kids, you know, <laughs> right. and I, I don't want to say that, but that's where I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any or know any history on your last name, like your heritage and stuff? Um, so my name is Altamirano Romano. Altamirano is my dad's and Romano is my mom's. And so... I know my mom goes back to Russia from Romanov, mm. but it was like way back. Like I don't, I don't even consider myself Russian. At what I don't like vodka, to be honest with you. I'll <laughs> so take they a mojito you anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll drink it when I see a James Bond movie, but that's about it. Yeah. So I don't even consider that my culture, but I know that's how far back it goes. Mm-hmm. And my um, my father is really odd and confusing because. The physical traits and characteristics are those of Asian. Hmm. Yet the last name is uh, Italian. It's Altamirano. And so we don't know. We don't know if the immigrants from Italy or they are from Asia or maybe, I don't know. We don't know. Cool. We don't know. I don't know. I'm sure someone else knows really well about my last name. But if you do, let me know. (laughs) Yeah. Give you a little lesson on your, your history, I guess. How far back do you know of you? Well, Chantel's mom is really deep into the ancestry stuff. Yeah. So um, she's, I forgot how far she's gone back on my family tree, but it's gone pretty far back there. I can't remember where the origin kind of stopped. I know that, you know, I have Mexican, Mexico, whatever people in my history. And I, don't, I think she said once it gets to Mexico, the records were not, you know, kept very well. So you lose track of interesting. You lose track of it once you get to that 
area. But I think I have a bit of Native American and Mexican and then whatever it is, Europe, European, That's cool. white boy. So, but I don't know the details. I forgot what it is. There's too many. Yeah, there's, there's a ton, too many. There's a I mean, there's probably affairs that we don't know about. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that could come into play too. Indeed. Jeans get mixed up. Yeah, you're like, those are my size. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't my jeans. Okay, so in fighting, what current titles do you hold? Um, not letting the seat down. That's a title. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very brief fight, though. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> but my, um, in my professional career, I hold the LFA flyweight title, which I um, have vacated because I've moved to the UFC. Okay. Professionally, in the fight business, that is my only title. Okay. How does that translate into UFC? So where, where does that put you now? Well, most importantly, you put me in the UFC. Sure. That title is from the LFA, and the LFA is not a small organization. They are recognized nationally, internationally, actually. And so people who fight in the LFA are kind of known. People who win the LFA belt are very well known. And sometimes they'll go from the LFA to the UFC without getting the belt. Mm -hmm. So that is that tells you something about the caliber of quality that the LFA has with their fighters. Sometimes they don't need to get the belt in their division, and then they can call to the UFC. Mm -hmm. So I won the belt in the LFA, and that got me the ticket to the Dana White's Contender Series, and won the fight, and now I'm here. So it kind of, you know, it kind of helps you there. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's like a degree, if you were to pull it in scholarships, sure. you'd be like a master's or a PhD, I don't know. Yeah. So what's the next step as far the as next the UFC step? stuff? Well, we are under contract, and we're just waiting for the fight. We're training hard, mm -hmm. and we're staying ready. And um, whenever a fight comes, we're like, all right, who is it? When is it? So when you have a fight scheduled, how many people do you have working with you? A lot. I have the whole gym. The whole gym. The whole gym is there to help me, to work with me, to inspire me. You know? That's great. It's everybody there. That's awesome. So you're surrounded by love and people that want you to succeed. Yeah. And it, sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. It gets kind of like when your parents... Like, sometimes uh, you want to give them more. Mm -hmm. You want to give them more, and you're like, oh, man, I fell short today. Right. But, I mean, we should have that with ourselves, right? Yeah. It's it's important part of growth to uh, feel that way about yourself sometimes so that you can go do better. Right. So that you can be inspired to want to do more, yeah. even for yourself or whatever, mm -hmm. in whatever field it may have to be. Yeah, for sure. I would agree. You can get a little crazy with that, too. So yeah. People that just never please themselves and then yeah. just struggle for your whole life. That's right. Don't want to do that. We, we don't promote masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any specific memories of when you first started getting interested in martial arts? Yeah. I just really liked watching um, somebody's body movement be synchronized in some type of really cool way so that the objective is to neutralize another person who's trying to hurt you. Mm -hmm. Just the general idea of it. That was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know? And so then I've discovered shows like the Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles or the Karate Kid that the movie came out. You know, things like that instilled in me that curiosity. It was like, oh, that's creative. You know? Yeah. 
And then there's sports like boxing. My family was big into boxing. And so they would watch it often. And I would watch them more than I would watch boxing. Because I would watch them get excited, get concentrated, get focused. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. I would look at boxing and I wouldn't find it as interesting as I saw them take it. And so I kind of was like, what is an amount? Whatever. You know, so it was just a curiosity, the constant chase of liking to neutralize a threat. And at the same time, uh, understanding why it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Why it's interesting? Because it hurts to find out. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts to find out. Right. You know, so the, you, um, to what degree are you willing to find out what you want to know? Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a lot and it's not easy. And it's hard and it hurts. And so, I don't know, what in your life hurts to do, but it's really interesting in doing. In any way, shape, or form. It doesn't have to physically hurt. Yeah, I was going to say you can get emotionally you yeah. know, hurt from people rejecting art just the same. You know, yeah. Or something you that you spend a lot of time on and no one likes it or doesn't get the attention you feel like that deserves. You know, I guess it could be like writing a song or painting a picture. You know, it's not just the amount of work I put into it, it's the end result. And if that's not liked as much as I think that it should be liked, yeah. that could hurt, you know? Yeah. And it's not, it wouldn't be a dig against me. It's just, well, they don't like it as much as I do. You know, just the same as you might like a certain color more than I do, you know? Just personal preference. That's really interesting. I've never heard that from a musician, but of course it exists, mm-hmm. you know? That's a really interesting take. You would think... That music is so universal that if it's good, it's enjoyable. But this case proves that that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, because you could just take a bite of cake that you would think, who in their right mind would not like this? And you find somebody that hates cake. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what is wrong with you, though? (laughs) So growing up and getting yourself into martial arts more, did you have any movie star people or, you know, movie characters that were inspirational at all that you liked watching? Or was it mostly real-time boxing and it was it was both and of course the cinema and the media and the culture have a lot to do with it Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't say he was uh my favorite as much as i would say that he was the most well-known bruce lee was the most Mm well-known i would like to say he's my favorite but at that time there was no one else that was at his level that i know of so i don't i would like to say he's my favorite but i don't know who else was around at that time right you know, he's very famous. And I'm sure it's within reason. But then there was Jackie Chan and there was Jet Li. And these are movie stars. They're really skillful, really talented in what they do. And they dab on the art side of martial arts. Like, they go that way. Mm-hmm. So martial arts, of course, martial from war and arts because it's beautiful, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's an art a, form. Yeah. It's an art form. It's, the I guess, the art of war. The art to um, neutralize someone else. And so... In one way, you go to, I'll just pull your hair back and bite your throat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in the other way, I'm going to somehow snap your neck without you even to touch me, mm-hmm. right? In theory, they're both able to be done, right? But if you go to side too much, then you forget that time exists. And that person could do something to you if you don't do it quick. Right. And so then you go into the martial side of martial arts. It's like, what is the most effective? It doesn't matter how it's done. 
technique is not important. It, this person just needs to stop doing what it's doing right now. Right. How do I do that? It's like, I just punch him in the face. Pow. Right? Yeah. And then you find out that that's not doing it. And so it's like, okay, well, how do I make that punch better? And then you go back to the other side. Mm-hmm. So you got to find a middle ground. Because okay. you can carry yourself too far into the other. And as an artist, I'm sure you understand how that's important. Yeah. I just have the term passive aggressive in my head. But, you know, one side is a little bit more passive because as you're allowing them to do what they're doing, you're processing in your head and you're, you know, not being aggressive. You're focusing and preparing. Or the other side is more aggressive. That's the attack side, not the think side. It's attack mode. Yeah. So you just have to find a nice medium balance somewhere. With aggression and I guess you could say defense too. Defense, Because yeah. you can be in defense mode while you're being somewhat passive because you're not striking, you're just deflecting or bobbing and weaving. Yeah. <laughs> so you like to spar more than roll, I guess, right? I do. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I do. I really like rolling. It's really cool. It's wonderful. I just like fast moving objects. <laughs> yeah. It's just cool. It's just cool. You like pulling and some Matrix stuff? The Matrix. It's good. I mean, it's it feels good. If I don't know why it feels good to be so close to potential danger. But, you know, there's race car drivers. And mm. I don't know if I'm willing to do that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I would drive one if it was, con- it was like just me so I don't hurt anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not responsible for anything outside. No resp- but I'm on fire. <laughs> so in your current training regimen, do you incorporate any weightlifting or any other types of exercises like yes i have a strength and conditioning coach shout out to adrian delgado we work every day at eight we just lift we do strength and conditioning we do work sometimes we do mobility work with the ladders with Mm. hurdles with cones we just through the process of lifting weights and doing mobility works we tune my body so that it performs well Mm-hmm. So I guess this would be like driving a test lap, right. you know, and we fix things on the spot so that when we come to having to perform, we know where we're quick, we know how to explode, we know how to move in different directions. Our body is conditioned to move in a certain way all the time, so nothing's going to catch us off guard when it comes to where are we moving, how do we get there. You know, if somebody's like, all right, you just kick them to the head, it's like, all right, cool, kick them to the head. So what does that mean? That means you have to be able to lift your knee above your waistline in an instant. Mm, right. So physiologically speaking, whatever theory or idea you have in your mind, let's, like, let's go back to the completely art side of martial arts. Mm. Whatever completely theory you have in your mind what could work, it's possible if you can physiologically make it happen so that it's quick and effective. Mm-hmm. Now we go back to the martial side of martial arts. Mm-hmm. And so just finding that balance, it's not just finding a balance in your attitude towards it. It's finding your balance in how you perform these techniques Mm -hmm. and how are you going to come up with them and how are you going to make them there. So when the strength and conditioning just makes sure that whatever idea I have in my head, my body should be able to do it. And then if I can connect what I think in my head and what my body's able to do, then I can have it. Mm -hmm. And you also have to factor in the randomness from your opponent that yes. something that gets maybe they into thought the of the same thing <laughs> yeah. before yeah. me, a split second before me, and now I go night night. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very well possibility that could happen. That's what yeah. that's what often sometimes happens.
And it happens quick, I bet, too, right? Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) In a normal week, how many hours do you think you actually train overall? So I'll run in the morning, then I lift, and then I train from 9 to 11. Sometimes noon. And that's on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And on Saturdays, I run, and then I spar at 8 a.m., and then I spar again at 3. So I guess that's... So that's 16. I don't know. I don't, it's a lot, I guess. A lot, probably, right? It's, it's, it's in the 20s, I guess. Almost like a job, pretty much. Yeah, right. As it should be, right? Yeah. So if you're doing weightlifting and stuff, too, as far as your sparring and role training goes... Do you do a lot of weightlifting that actually fatigues you? That's going to damage your performance, or is it just kind of just so kind of maintenance uh, work? It has to be both, and that's where your team comes into play. That's when you come into play and realizing when you know your body is probably better off not doing something because it's about to do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, so balancing that and knowing when to incorporate certain exercises and knowing when is the right time to increase in anything. It has to be well-timed with the things that we are doing before or after that may or may not aid us in the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. So you move things around. You just move things around. The ultimate goal is stay in weight and don't be injured. That is the ultimate goal right now is stay in weight, do not be injured. And as long as I accomplish those two things, then I can do whatever I want to do. And if I see that a certain lift or a certain movement, or in training I got slammed a little different way, I just need to not stop doing what I'm doing, just move things around so that I can keep doing what I'm doing and reduce the risk of injury. Right. Yeah, so you get slammed on your back one day, you go easy on the back exercises the next day. You just do them differently. You don't go easy on <laughs> You don't go easy on anything. <laughs> well, it's good to hear. Do you remember much about your first title fight? Yeah, I remember everything. I remember everything. Lots of physical preparation or more mental preparation for that, do you think? It's always both. It's always both. I can never say that it was just one. It's always both because every fight is different. You know, every fight is different. Is every show different? Yeah, pretty much. So because you have um, music, the closer you guys perform it to what you agreed to perform it, the better. That is the goal. You guys have Mm -hmm. a, like, it has to sound like this. So because in my case... There's not a specific way because my opponent also has a plan. Mm-hmm. So I have to move things around. So when it comes to being able to perform, how would you say it's different since you're performing the same songs you already know how to perform well and you just have to replicate that mm-hmm. exact same thing? So how would you say it's different in your case? Well, I mean, from a personal point of view, it depends on what kind of day, week I had, if I practiced enough, you know, if somebody else in the band is not in a great mood and that's you know, playing with my head, which is not really something I've dealt with for a very long time, but I've had relationship problems, you know, way back when that, you know, would kind of make me think about that as I'm playing and then kind of get lost in what I'm doing or, you know, we're seeing something in the audience, you know, there's, yeah, there's definitely stuff Like titties? Have you ever seen those? (laughs) While playing, while playing, of course I. Oh yeah, I'm sure I have, way back when. Yeah, pretty sure. When that was a little bit more common. I don't know how common that is these days. Thanks, COVID. Yeah, right. (laughs) But that's the case with me, you know. Those things still happen to me, Mm -hmm. you know. 
not the titties part, but <laughs> so, <laughs> the overall personal um, relationships that I have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that gets a little in the way and from a professional to another, that can't be around. Mm-hmm. That can, You don't have time for this. This is not the time for you to fuck up because I don't, I'm sure something really important for you is at stake when you're performing. But for me, it's my injury, my body, mm-hmm. like yes. my safety. Right. For a musician, what what is that? Like, what what's at stake if you don't love it as much as you can? In the scenario that you're giving, not performing well and getting a very bad reception, and then letting that just damage you completely, and thinking that you're not good enough, and you just oh, kind of slowly stop or something. But it's not something you couldn't bounce back from. You know, if somebody yeah. broke your arm in a really bad way, you might not be able to bounce back from that, you know, to have the same strength and abilities and agility that you had before. Yeah. So, yeah, in performing, you have to keep your head clear. Yeah. Because for one thing, if it is a, a problem that happened before the fight and you're in the fight and it comes into your head, what are you going to do? Are you going to stop the fight and just go fix the problem? No, it doesn't do any good. I forgot good. to put the lid down. <laughs> I better go back. Fly me back. You can come with me. I'll fight you in the bathroom. <laughs> did you get in fights as a kid? I did not. I never got into That's a good. fight. I mean, there were some altercations that got a little physical, like push or shove, mm-hmm. but nothing escalated. That's you know, I did, uh, I did do it. Uh, for fun, because other friends agreed to, you uh, know, we, yeah, we yeah. were doing it for fun. I'm sure you sometimes did that. Yeah, like, yeah. hey, friends, let's just... Hey, friends, let's, let's just, hit each other a Let's just bit. hit each other. We, we know we're just friends, so it's cool. Yeah. I did that. That was fun. Yeah, I can't do that. All no? right, I couldn't do that before. Why not? I don't know if I could now. I would always take things personal. Yeah. It's just something in me, it just would kind of flip a switch that I just didn't know was there. I mean, That's... I've had that in... That's why I don't mosh at shows. I don't oh. like getting hit. And I don't want to be the asshole that's not, you know, playing the game and taking it personal because that's not part of the game. So that's, that's why I just don't game. play it. Dang. You don't get mosh like to that extent? You no. don't mosh? No. But that's a it's big thing in, in metal. Yeah. So how do people who are metal and they're like, mush is metal. You don't mush. <laughs> You're not metal. <laughs> you don't metal. So do, do you ever metal, encounter then. that? No, I don't give a you shit never, about that. I don't care but do anything. those people exist? Uh, maybe, maybe, but they're probably pretty shallow. Pretty shallow, yeah. <laughs> That's co- I've never been moshing. I don't. Do you think I would enjoy it? You would want to be worried about injury. That's what I worry about too. Yeah. You know, just getting shoved down because I've seen people get hit. You know, in Ooh. pretty bad ways. That I think, <gasps> man, I don't want. I don't want that to happen. I've seen someone get a tooth knocked out. You know, a broken ankle. Get out of here. I don't want that stuff. I want to watch and listen to the band. I don't really yeah. care about jumping in this stinky pit with you guys. I remember a couple of out-of-town shows my old band played, and I would be in the audience watching other bands, and these guys are moshing around. Yeah. And I just keep getting this look, like, come on, you know, mosh with us or something. And then it's more of a judgment look because I'm not doing it. Oh, and man. then I've had somebody try to come up behind me and push me into the pit before. I caught him before he did it. And oh, that, 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 that could have been bad. No, yeah. I just I just looked at him. Uh, how I felt came out through my face and he just walked away. So, I mean, I don't have to say that I wanted to get in a fight or anything, but I mean, I'm not trying to get involved yeah. in that. What about in your shows? What's your reaction as you are the person playing and you see mushes to your music? 
seeing people mosh. Yeah, to your music. What's that like? From up top on stage, it looks awesome because everybody's going (laughs) crazy and it looks like they're having a great time. You know, there's movement. It's not even just the moshing. It's just the movement outside. If you look out in the audience and no one is moving, it's just might as well be cardboard cutouts. Yeah. So Just saying Mozart. (laughs) But I don't have to have you mosh to have a good time. It's just... Yeah, you just see more movement, and it makes you excited just by seeing that. At least that's how that's I feel. Cool. So maybe those people are doing it for the artists. Maybe <laughs> I doubt it, but maybe. <laughs> maybe this if they is hear art. This. Yeah. Speaking of music, you play cello, right? Yeah. How long I have you been to. doing that now? Three years. I've three only years. I've done it three years, which I find out that's the age in which people should start. Oh, okay. So you're a little behind. <laughs> I'm a little behind. <laughs> So are you still trying to get, I guess, deeper into that? Or are you just, just kind of taking it slow? And I like to get deeper into that, but I'm doing so in a, at a leisure pace. I have a teacher that I see every week for an hour, super quick. And we just go over reading music, sight reading, the different claps. So far, I only know two. And then my cello and the positioning and performing things. And slowly increasing the difficulty of the things that I have to do. And so I'm slowly learning, but I don't have an audition for yeah, yeah. Any, anything. I don't have any competition with, I heard they're like five-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. It's like, I can't compete with that. Yeah. I don't eat Lunchables. So, <laughs> but um, I'm not worried about becoming amazing at cello. I just like doing it. Yeah. It's yeah. pure, pure hobby, pure fun. Pure fun. And it's really difficult for me to realize that sometimes. Sometimes I feel bad because I'm not performing good in the cello. And I'm like, but you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to. It's okay. Remember, this is for fun. <laughs> yeah, right. I can see you going back and forth on that too. Like, you don't have to, but that doesn't mean be lazy. <laughs> yeah. You got to practice. Yeah. Uh, do you ever follow Two Set Violin? It's a YouTube channel, but it's also mm-hmm. a patron. So they're musicians and they have this uh, meme where it's like practicing 40 hours a day. You got to practice 40 <laughs> hours a day. <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes, yeah. You know, Especially and, if you do have a performance. And people who, they have memes about people feeling guilty for not being practicing and right. doing something else. Yeah. You know. Sounds like That's, a good page. It's a big window into the culture of musicians, professional ones. You know, it's like, oh, I got to practice. Like, that's your job. So, yeah, you better be practicing. And when it's not your job, you practice whenever you want to. And that's why it's fun. Right. So, it's just like your training. Yeah, you know, just like that. Training for a fight. They're practicing for shows. Do you know any other instruments? Um, I don't. I don't know any other instruments. Any interest? No, not really. I like listening to them, but I don't have any interest in actually learning them. Mm. Because I know how, what the time that it takes. Sure. And I don't have much. Yeah. So I'm happy with where I am in the instruments. But I like learning about them a little bit. You know, I have a bass guitar. And it's kind of similar, but not really to the cello. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. I just play with that one. Yeah. I have a friend named Alex. Shout out to Alex. He's an amazing bassist. And he actually gave me that bass. And he he has taught me some about the bass. A lot. A lot that has gone over my head. Uh-huh. You know, but I try. Because <laughs> it's a different animal, I guess, as far as bass. It's similar in some ways, but yeah, the way that you're actually, I guess. Holding it? Yeah. That alone is a big a difference. Bow, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's 
balance involved too. I'm sure. You gotta look cool. You can't. Spot. Yeah. You can't cool. have a. You can't just play the bass like like a square. <laughs> you know you can't do that. You have to look cool. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm gonna ask you this because you're a musician. Stereotypically, describe to me members of the band, like the drummer, the bass. Stereotypically. The <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I don't know. I don't really follow stereotypes or follow along but they with exist, stereotypes. Right? Oh, yeah, definitely. General popular. I mean, it's it's usually musicians in general would be flaky or egotistical. It's, you know, that could be attributed to a leader of a band, basically. But sometimes yeah. that could be the drummer. Drummer could be the vocalist, too. Or the drummer could be the only original member and, you know, is still trying to lead the troops. Yeah. It just depends. It also depends on the type of music, I would imagine, too. But I don't know. I haven't really encountered anything specific, like drummers are all flaky or bassists are all late or something. I haven't really experienced anything really? specific. Huh. That's weird. Everybody just has their own quirks. Their own quirks? Yeah. I would think there would be one. I don't know. I mean, what about fighters that you encounter? They have the same same kinds of... Uh, Not fighters, but styles of martial arts. Hmm. Some people shit on guard pullers a lot. What is that? Guard pulling is, it's the verb of grabbing someone and pulling them into a guard, mm. such as butterfly guard, half guard, full guard. It's a bottom position in jiu-jitsu to which you can submit and or sweep your opponent. So it's an advantageous position for you if you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And... When people engage into combat, like jujitsu, some people go immediately to that, oh. which entails them sitting down on the floor and engaging the fight from the floor, from them laying down on the, mm -hmm. on the ground. They're called guard pullers. They're great. They're amazing. They have really cool moves. And most of them don't like getting punched in the face. So, so that's what you want to do. <laughs> so so it, is, it is very effective, right? Yeah. But also, what if you were to get punched in the face? Mm-hmm. Like, is your skill enough? And sometimes it is. And sometimes it's not. And sometimes it is, but taking a punch to the face, it's not. So then the, the, you abort the whole situation. And you're like, oh, I don't want to. And so <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, they're like, oh, you're a guard puller. It's like, yeah, you do this and that. But if I could punch you, you know, that's not a way to engage your opponent or whatever. You know, so people shit on guard pullers. So they have this, uh, they have memes about Happy Mother's Day to all the guard pullers. <laughs> They have that's things like great. that. Yeah, that's how they look at it. It's like, oh, your your mom was a guard puller. I don't know right. what other things there is, but <laughs> my dad said your dad's a guard puller. I was. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. So that's the that's the stereotype of a guard puller. I guess yeah. I don't know why it's an insult. I guess I don't know. But in uh, classical music, the violas are the guard pullers. Oh, okay. People who play the violas. Sure. I don't know why. Is it a smaller cello or something? I don't it's know. A, uh, it's well. a smaller cello, a bigger violin. So I can tell you why in jujitsu, but I couldn't tell you why in that culture. But I bet it's really funny. Yeah, probably. I would like to know. Even if it's just two specific inside jokes that you just don't, you're missing out on. Yeah, somehow. I don't know. When you were on the Memory Wizard, Ron White's podcast a few months ago, you mentioned yeah. something that What's I thought up, was Ron? really interesting about arpeggios and yeah. people striking and yeah. you know kind of associating that rhythmic pattern of yeah. striking could you do you remember kind of what you were saying yeah so you know what an arpeggio is mm -hmm. 
I don't know what an arpeggio is. I don't know the root of it. I don't know why it's important in music. I know how to perform them and I know they exist. But for some reason, that rhythm pattern of, uh, of striking is similar to an arpeggio, which is the first, the third, and the fifth, right? Mm-hmm. And although notes, or in this case, movements, they don't have to be strikes. They can be movements. Mm. These movements happen like that. It tends to be the first, the third, and the fifth. And sometimes because the combo could be longer or shorter, it changes, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's always the, um, that time in which your body just happens to synchronize with its own timing. I don't know right. to what more extent that is. That's just something I've observed a few times watching fights. Like, oh, the first one connects, the second one connects too, but not as good as the third one. And then the fourth one misses and the fifth one is right there. Like, it's just like that. And sometimes it's not punches. Again, sometimes it's just movements. Like, oh, here comes a punch. Here comes a feint. It's not really a punch. It's a movement. And now they're going and connecting with the third. Right. And now they're fainting again with the fourth. And there's a takedown on the fifth. You know, things like that. Have you seen footage of yourself and noticed that in yourself at all? Um, I have similar? a little bit, but I don't watch myself a lot. No? No. When I do, I just want to enjoy it. I don't want uh, to dissect it too it, yeah. much. But I'll listen to what people say when they say something. Right. Yeah. So, like, if you're watching videos of other fighters uh, or someone you're fighting soon or something, are you are you really trying to dissect their style, or do you have certain parts of the body that you pay attention to, or specific? Things? I just dissect the speed in which they move. Hmm. If they move faster, they move slow. If they move in a rhythm, if they move in a pattern, if they move left more than right, of you know, how your body moves. Mm-hmm. I guess it would be like describing someone's like, oh, that person looks like they're in a hurry. Or that person looks like they're taking their time. Okay. And that person looks like he's pretty relaxed. And like, this person looks intense. Yeah. You know, just watching their body will tell me, watching the fire will tell me, are they kind of moving? Are they moving with a pace? Are they moving with a specific intention to do? You know, some people, they move because they have a really good cross. And so you can tell they're moving so that the chance of throwing that cross and landing it, it's optimized because of the way their body is already positioned while it's moving. So you can kind of tell those things. And it's not necessarily a cross. It could be anything. Oh, this person likes to take down a lot because they stand like this. And when they move, they move a certain way. And the fact that that is not 100% accurate is why people watch fights. Okay. Because it's not 100% accurate. That person could be doing something completely different and you could be misinterpreting it. Right. Well, it also depends on their opponent too, I mm-hmm. imagine. Most definitely. Do you have any embarrassing childhood memories? That, oh yeah, that I were have a lot. difficult at the time, but are either beneficial or just funny? No. They're, they're funny. They're just funny. I don't know if they're beneficial other than have a sense of humor, but yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, one time I went to the park with my mom and I had diarrhea. <laughs> and, you know, the slides were still fun. <laughs> I was that first, the last person to go down the slide yeah. that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Were you embarrassed pretty you bad? Don't, <laughs> nope. <laughs> it was apparent that I didn't give a shit. I just. <laughs> You gave one though, right? <laughs> gave it to the slide. Just one. Just <laughs> <laughs> so the world knows. Oh my god. But uh 
We just went home. I I didn't understand why we went home. <laughs> it's because you shit on the slide. <laughs> Do you believe in reincarnation? Um, I don't know. Maybe. If I do, I would like for my baby to have been a bad person so that I can teach them love. Oh, wow. That's how I see it. If That's it is real, it would, be, it would be cool too, to, that it would be that way. Yeah. What would you want to come back as? What if you could choose an animal? Oh, if I could choose an animal? Oh, shit. It would definitely be a whale. A whale? <laughs> yeah. That's big. I'll get to see the ocean. It's For big, many, it's many huge, years. many years. I get to go deep. Wow. We don't know what that's like. Yeah. And we probably wouldn't like it because yeah. we're not whales. <laughs> <laughs> so what would it be like for, for me to be a being that enjoys living there? Yeah. That'd be cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> or something that can fly, that'd be cool too. Yeah, yeah, really. Like an eagle. No boundaries, right? No boundaries, except the water. Yeah. <laughs> where the whale is. What about you? What would you be? I don't know. I don't, because a lot of animals don't really have a fantastic death. And in that thought, death could be kind of gruesome. Yeah. I just saw something the other day on Instagram or something where it's a picture of a lion that was really emaciated. And, you know, it said something about the lion being king of the jungle only for so long because age just deteriorates oh, the yeah. body. And eventually they're probably not going to have a great death. The hyenas no. are going to get them or, you know, another lion, gonna a new, new alpha is going to come in or something. And, you know, yeah. King of the Jungle is only good for so long. So it That's just makes true. me think about, you know, bugs getting smashed and other things getting ran over, other things having just a gruesome eaten by a bear kind of stuff. What about an orca? An orca? Yeah. Yeah, then you get trapped in freaking SeaWorld. <laughs> only your cousin. <laughs> That's on them. They had a PO. <laughs> they weren't a good whale. They, they weren't a good whale. <laughs> you were a bad whale. Killer whale. All right. So you, you have you listened to any episodes before? I have. I listened to the one with uh, Ron and Micah. I think I changed the name since then, but it's a yeah. rap, rapid fire. Would you rather? Okay. So I love games. One or the other. Except trivia. Okay. Except trivia. Yeah, I don't like trivia. <laughs> All right. Dog or cat? Dog. Rain or shine. Summer rain or winter rain? Your choice. Oh, well, of course, rain. Okay. Breakfast or dinner? Dinner. Teach or be taught? Be taught. City life or country life? City life. City slicker? Hot or cold? Hot. Movie in theater or movie at home? Mm. Damn. Do my friends come? <laughs> your choice we could rent out the whole theater theater all right yeah that's a good one sunrise or sunset sunrise burger or salad burger physical training or mental training well i'm already doing one so right <laughs> now i'll pick physical training <laughs> Pineapple on pizza or no pineapple on pizza? Pineapple on pizza. I yes. had one with crawfish once. Okay. Yeah, you can have that one. Video games or board games? Um, Damn, that's a hard one. I would say video games. I mean, you could play a board game on the video. You could. You're right. <laughs> Chess. 
Oceanside or poolside? Oceanside. Push-ups or pull-ups? Pull-ups. Nice. Soon. Heads or tails? Um, tails. You got heads. Oh, oh good. Man. <laughs> good? <laughs> That's always Here, good, right? Consolation prize. You get oh, a chocolate. Oh, thank you. Did, did any specific video games come into your head? Yeah, of course. Uh, Goldeneye. Goldeneye? Did you play Goldeneye? Uh-uh. Oh, man, no. you missed out. It was great. <laughs> what did you play? I only had... I went through this the other day because Chantel pointed out that I've never played Super Mario Kart. Really? Which yeah. one? Any of them. Because I, I had the original Nintendo and I had a Sega and then I went to PlayStation 1 and 2, I think. And then now I have the 4. I didn't really play many Super Nintendo games or anything like that unless I knew somebody that had that and still I just didn't really play them very much. Hmm. What did you didn't you didn't play video games? I did much. when I was younger. It was mostly Nintendo. Nintendo and Sega. So it was a lot of Sonic. Sonic Sonic's pretty cool. For Sega, I had Jurassic Park. I had Cool Spot, which was pretty awesome. Aladdin. That's just cool. Stuff like that. Back then, the games were so random. Now they're themed after like a movie that already right. exists or something like that. Yeah. You know, back then, there was a Spider-Man one, but Spider-Man movie wasn't a thing. Yeah. But yeah, GoldenEye is one of them. It was a shooting game, 007. Yeah. The new movie just came out, by the way. Newest one? Yeah, um, No Time to Die. Mm. Do you like James Bond? Yeah, I've seen the last few. Yeah. yeah. I like uh, Daniel Craig. He's pretty cool. This was his last one. Was it? Yeah. Officially? Officially. Wow. Yeah. Well, I can't tell you what happens in the movie. Yeah, don't tell me. But um, it's it's his last one. It's obvious. It's his last one. Don't, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I didn't say anything. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> you said it. You know, you know, sometimes he just comes out of retirement. Yeah, right. Clooney he did that said, once. Yeah, he says I'm done, but he's not actually done. All right, what about the hot and cold question? What well, were you thinking about? I, when I was thinking about the hot, summer rain. Oh, you're still thinking about rain yeah, too, huh? summer rain. It is nice. With the sun out? With the sun out and it doesn't matter. It's hot and you can be outside enjoying it, and the yeah. skeeters won't get you because it's raining. <laughs> it's freaking mosquitoes. They'll die. <clears throat> I don't like them. I hate them. All right. As I do with all of my guests, I wanted to ask if you have any previous experiences or opinions or advice to share with others about depression, anxiety, and or grief. I would say that just feeling that is really cool, although it sucks. Mm-hmm. Although it's terrible and although at times it costs you your sleep and sanity, you're still feeling. And there are more things just as powerful that feel better that mm. you could go experience. Mm-hmm. And if you're mindful enough, you could divert yourself yeah. towards experiencing something. Yeah, you can live wherever you want to be. Mm-hmm. You can live wherever you want to be. And sometimes that's also not an easy thing to realize. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's not a thing to realize. And just that, just whatever it is that you're feeling, whatever it is that gets you, it can still get you in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. That exists. It's hard. Yeah. I know that in the early years of Emily and, and Emily's and my's, Emily's and I's. Yeah. And I's. <laughs> and I, in, in, what would be that? I don't know. Earlier in my relationship with Emily, I know she had some issues with some depression stuff that I just didn't really, did not understand. And I don't think I had 
the right amount of compassion and curiosity to fully understand what she was going through. She's not here to say, yeah. so I'm not going to, I don't want to talk about that while she's not here. I'm just, that was the only real close, I think, chance that I had with somebody that was going through something that yeah. I still don't really fully understand. That's why I usually like to ask anybody who's experienced it or been around someone who's experienced it too. Because it, when you see somebody going through that stuff, it's, it's tough because a lot of times there's really... What do you do? You can't say anything because there, there's nothing that you can say that really feels like you're making a big difference. And yeah. it's just because it's mostly internal for them. And it's, it's just, it's hard, you know, it especially is hard. seeing someone you care about going through that and you really just can't do anything. You just want to, like, God, how do I fix this? But How do I fix it? Uh, they may not even know themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Dang. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. I... I'm sure that we all go through that. So maybe we could answer that question with ourselves. Like when I felt that way, I would, um, I would like listening to people's stories about each other, you like, know, like heart warming yeah. stories, any stories, embarrassing yeah. stories, <laughs> yeah. you know, scandalous stories, <laughs> you know, whatever people have to say, not just anybody, but my friends, you know, what cool things do they have to say about each other and the people we both know? Mm -hmm. just being around there even if i was sad or whatever i just i just like being around the people that uh that i enjoy their company with right you know and sometimes they would ask me what's wrong whatever you know and sometimes i was rude you know of course and sometimes i wasn't but no matter what i always enjoyed being there and I'm not saying that's what everybody should do. I'm just saying everyone has something like that, mm -hmm. you know. And that's what got me, you know, just knowing that there's things to experience and things to see. Right. That's cool. You yeah. know, like, oh, have you seen uh, Have you seen the pyramids of Egypt? It's like, oh, well, you can check it out now if you want. Or you can come see the pyramids of Egypt, you know, <laughs> yeah. like that, those things like that. Yeah. And then learning about other things that I had no idea about. I was like, oh, wait, that's that too? There's that here? Mm -hmm. Cool. You know, I don't know. What what was yours? I mean, everybody's felt depressed. Yeah. What got you out? If I've had any sort of depression, I did not know that's what it was. Yeah. That's where I'm, I have somewhat of a disconnect or, a, I don't know, I guess a lack of understanding what someone is actually feeling. And because I, I don't know if it's something that I have felt before and I just yeah. don't, I didn't know that that's what that was. I mean, I've been sad. I've been down on myself about things that I did wrong or could have done better. But I don't, I don't think I have a habit of beating myself up over something. Um, what if I reward it as exhausting indifference? Like if you were indifferent, exhaustingly so. That's what I would describe depression like. Hmm. You're not always sad and crying and bawling your eyes right, out. Right. You're just exhaustingly indifferent you're indifferent you're tired of feeling indifferent but you're indifferent about doing anything about it mm. okay yeah I so can see that. if you ever felt any way about that for any amount of time that's what it's like okay yeah i mean i've certainly had that they could i guess procrastination and laziness could come into play with that too as yeah. far as a result of that feeling where i would say i'm just being lazy someone might say i'm depressed and then sometimes and you no, start no, believing no discount that. to someone's actual depression well like that. how do we perceive depression right right i read the like pain we, you know normal pain normal physical pain. pain if if something hurts 
you, it might not hurt me or vice versa. It's just uh, your own internal gauge, I guess. Yeah. And the way people see it, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, people see it and people care about you. So that's cool. Yeah. If you're listening to this, you probably have people that care about you. Somewhere. Yeah. So if you're feeling like you don't, I bet you do. Not to, <laughs> once again, not to discount your depression or issues, but just know that someone out there does care about you. And if you think that they don't, I've seen it many times. Some some random person that I don't know I'm connected with on Facebook. I just see a post, you know, about somebody going through a hard time or something. And, you know, I go in and read and I see 15 different people saying, hey, give me a call if you need, if you need to talk. You know, there are people like that out there. Yeah. And maybe you don't know them and you don't feel comfortable talking to them, but they are out there willing to help. There willing are people out there. And I, I think it's just... It's more accessible than people think. Yeah. And it's, I guess it's more of a hurdle of, you know, or an obstacle. I don't want to have to reach out and say something. I just want to feel better. Yeah. The, the world's so cool. People will grab you and pull you to it. I mean, there's no shortage of people wanting to reach out, you know? What was that called? What? The ground puller or what is it? Oh, pulling guard? Yeah. Guard, yeah. Guard, guard pull- pullers. <laughs> Guard, so pullers guard pullers will knock on your door <laughs> and pull you right they'll in. Pull you guard. Oh man! Yeah, people pull you out. They'll pull you into cool things. The world's cool. The world's cool. It's cool to find out about it. So I know some people are a lot more desensitized to others suffering because we're all suffering in a way. Yeah. But there are compassionate people out there that you just have never met before. That's and true. They're I don't know. They don't have to be people you know. Right. Just, like, just like a therapist, you know? Yeah. And and that's a that's also a very viable option for someone to talk to someone that they don't know, a person that is not biased in any way towards, you know, family members of theirs or anything like that. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to get stuff out of your head. Speaking of which, do you do any meditation or anything like that? I, I do my best to do it as often as I can, but I'll probably do it, I would say maybe like three times a month. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do exactly? I just sit just there. Silent. You know, Emily does a lot of those things now. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I join her. And what that entails is we just sit crisscross in, or, or like a yoga sitting position. It's mm-hmm. it's a full lotus, but I can't do that. So I don't call mine a full lotus. And partial. Yeah, partial lotus. It's withered. <laughs> but <laughs> with her back straight, sometimes against each other back to back and sometimes Mm. just individually and we just uh, sometimes we chant like we try to harmonize with our voices and sometimes we are silent and we just sit there for a certain amount of minutes sometimes we listen to a mantra sometimes we say a mantra and that can last between five minutes to 20 minutes and it's really cool it can be exhausting but I think that's part of it. Definitely. That's a little bit part of it. And it's really cool. So that's when I meditate. I feel like I have a great meditation partner. So mm-hmm. when I meditate, I know it counts. Yeah. Have you done any crystal bowl meditations? With we her? just got a crystal, not a crystal ball, a uh, singing bowl. Yeah, Is yeah, that the yeah. same thing? Yeah. Okay. Crystal. It's a crystal bowl meditation. I went with her yeah. a long time ago. That was my... What did you think I was, of it? I was not mentally aware of 
the things that you could encounter yeah. when doing that kind of stuff. I was, I just, I wasn't there yet. Well, and what was your experience though? You still had one. Yeah. I had a very, very memorable experience. We, I'm pretty sure I told her, I know I've talked about it on here before. I'm pretty sure with somebody, but when they got to the second chakra, cause they would go and do like a little, whatever it is. I mean, I think it was a couple of hours long. Yeah. You know, so it's how many ever minutes on one chakra, then they kind of transition to the next and different keys. And it was the second chakra. And I just remember my, my eyes were closed and I remember seeing what I remember now in my head. I could be misremembering at this point. I don't know, but it feels like there was kind of like the smoky, dark, cloudy looking stuff kind of floating in. And, you know, I didn't really think much of it, but then as that's kind of whirling around, like, like if somebody were to be heavily smoking in a room, yeah. you know, it just starts to cloud up. It was kind of like that. <clears throat> and it's almost like somebody was waving their hand around. It was kind of just moving around yeah. like that. And then eventually I started seeing these very detailed skulls. It looked like a flaming skull, but no color. It was just kind of black and gray. Huh. And it was like the skull was coming towards me and it was, there was several of them and it's like, they were just coming towards me and just zipping right past my face like or ghosts? like, like, or, yeah, almost going through me. And I just, I, I started kind of crying uh, immediately. Did just, you move or did you stay? No, there? I just, I stayed there and I, it, I remember opening my eyes because I couldn't take it. Yeah. And I just sat there and tried to process what happened and I had no idea. And I don't really think that I, I thought about it that deeply until way later. Yeah. You know, I just thought it was a very weird experience. And I've, so you, you disregarded know, it an hour after? Maybe not an hour after, but I didn't dwell on it really. Yeah. I just thought that was weird and I didn't really, I don't know if I liked it very much, but I've had similar odd experiences like that in meditation uh, since then. So it's just a, I think it's something that I need to experience and go through because I don't feel about it the same way that I did then, which was, you know, indifferent. And yeah just did not understand what was going on, which I still don't understand, but I can appreciate it for what it is. What do you and, think it is? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know if it's, if it's, uh, some sort of emotion or, or trying to bring forth some sort of emotion that I'm, I need to get out. What would you like it to be? Oh, I wouldn't like it to be anything. You don't want it to be any, it could it, be something wonderful. <laughs> it could be. Well, so if it could be something wonderful, what would you like it to be? Because you could easily just with all on that. Yeah. Well, I just take it as a, as some sort of growing pain yeah. lesson. Like, you know, because not all transitions are pleasant. Yeah. So I think of it as some sort of a lesson or something that I need to experience and go through. You know, when I went to visit my buddy and I don't know who needs to know all this, but we did some... Celery. <laughs> Celery motherfuckers. Yeah, some weird looking celery that we had. And I experienced something very similar. I, we went on the roof and stared at the sky. And I watched the clouds kind of swirl around and everything. And I closed my eyes. And something very similar happened where I kept getting this. like the Actually, it was, before I closed my eyes, the clouds started getting dark. And <clears throat> it started feeling like that moment with the skull yeah. things coming towards me. It was, But in it, real life. Yes, it looked like that in real life. So I did not like that anymore and I closed my eyes. Ironic. And, yeah. And then as I closed my eyes and there's different colors kind of rotating through and going through different things. And the best way I can describe it was it was similar to the 
the wheel that they spin on the prices right are you familiar with that i know what it looks like I don't yeah know where what they grab called. it up high and they pull it down and try yeah. to spin it around where it lands on something it was like that like a rolodex kind of weird thing behind my eyes yeah. so it's like that's just going in my head yeah and certain things are flashing behind my eyes oh. so or before my eyes because you now i have my eyes closed but it's almost like I'm trying to explain it if someone's just listening to this it's it's like a light being put right in front of your eyes when your eyes are closed you can kind of sense if it's maybe a red or a blue or something yeah. possibly i don't know i might be just making that up but i feel that's what i felt like different colors were being brought in front of my eyes but at a rapid each, pace no it was it was kind of slow but each color was a memory oh. and they weren't good memories they were things that they were all bad memories pretty much yes but not really bad it's just Maybe that there there's a lesson to be learned from that or yeah. rethinking about that or seeing it in a different light. You know, I experienced it the way I experienced it because that was my mindset at the time. But many years down the road, I have, I think, a better mindset and understanding of, you know, things I've experienced and gone through. So maybe I can see it in a different light now yeah. and appreciate it more for what it was and what I became because of it. Were you able so, to do so? What? Revisit it. Were you able to do so? I can't say that I did necessarily. It was, it's just observing, you know, kind of, it's like a dream. It was basically like a dream. Like I'm transitioning through different dreams, but they were things that I experienced, but it was in a sense where I don't know what room I'm actually in or, you know, it's all kind of blurry, yeah, not very distinct and detailed. It's just kind of a overall sense of remember when this happened, it's like a feeling. It's not even, it's not even like you're sitting there at a table and experiencing what it is. It's just, do you remember when that happened and just things around that moment kind of go through your head? So it's like I was going through that and these colors were being associated with that. So as I'm going through all the colors and all these events and everything, it could have been, I don't know, four or five different things. And I, I may be wrong, but I think chakras have colors. Yeah. So maybe it means something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't even it think about like the that. color association. You know, I don't remember what yeah. color was for what memory either. So, but that's that would very, be that's cool. very interesting. Yeah. yeah, to look into. Mm -hmm. You don't have to tell me, but <laughs> you, you, I would like to know if you figured out. Yeah, just thumbs up or some. <laughs> like, got it. Well, the one thing that what I remember when I ended, whatever it was I was experiencing, was the freaking wheel that's spinning around with all these colors. It slowed down, and I was able to picture myself as I was standing, trying to remember what I saw. It was like I was standing about four feet, four steps into a QT and I'm looking oh. into the QT kitchen and it's like everything that was all blurry and, you know, I can't tell exactly what's going on. It's like all the smoke cleared and I could see that pretty vividly that I was standing in a QT looking towards the QT kitchen and it felt like I was observing this for like five full seconds where I yeah. could, I like, like it's almost like I had a tunnel vision of this looking through a telescope or, you know, or something small. And then the vision of it, the, uh, I was able to see more of the QT around me. and yeah. So it's, so it's, it's like I could, it's hard to explain. Like I'm looking through a, a toilet paper tube You're or something. You're zooming out. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But I'm standing in the same spot, but I'm just, I'm, my field of view is widening so I can see everything. And, you know, like I said, it was like five seconds. How do you know seconds. you're standing in the same spot? Do you see yourself 
Mm-hmm. After you go, no, it's just the perspective doesn't move. It's just oh. everything is just coming into view a little more. Interesting. But as that happens for five seconds or whatever it was, it just all completely fades away, and I open my eyes. Interesting. So I don't know if I was looking through my life cycle, and then I die in a QT. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> or what that means, but that's what I took away from that. But yeah. the uh, the other interesting thing is once I open my eyes. There was not a single cloud in the sky that I could see anywhere at all. You know, and at first there was lots of clouds and they were all doing this weird shit that I didn't like. So I closed my eyes and went through what I went through. And it was just like a, it's like a clean slate whenever I open my eyes. That must have been refreshing. It was extremely refreshing. That's cool. I had had like a little glow from that for a, a few months at least. It was, it was very nice. A quick trip, huh? That's what it was. It was a quick trip, I guess. So that's... <laughs> the quick trip has ended. That's what it was. The quick trip has ended. It was quick. And it was a trip. Yeah. But, you just helped me solve it. That's amazing. So uh, <laughs> so there was a time not too long ago where quick trips were not as popular as they are now. And it wasn't that long ago. Like 15 years ago, you hardly saw a quick trip. Yeah. When did they even come around? Well, they've been around for a while, but they've only been everywhere for the past five years. Right, right. Or four years. Yeah, I actually get it pretty. So, whatever that memory or experience may be attributed to, it's it has happened within that time frame. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the chemicals in my brain were wearing out, and I just I, I ran out one. of funds in my brain to continue with the with the story. I don't know. They have a good soft serve. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, it's only 49 cents. <laughs> I like Quick Trip. It's pretty That's good. That's my go-to gas station. If I to nap. Need to, to nap, <laughs> yeah. If I need some food or a quick drink or something, I mean, it's a Quick Trip. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. I like their layout. It's really nice. Their employees are cool. Yeah. My sister works at a Quick Trip. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't, she moves around. She's not in a Quick Trip, but... She likes it. It's pretty cool. And fuel's important. Yeah. Yeah. You are part of an essential business, right? Right. Have you ever been a a clerk? She says she almost got robbed once. Before I started plumbing full-time, when I was in high school, I had a part-time job at an insurance company. And it was, it's not in a bad part of town, but it wasn't a fantastic part of town. And I didn't really have any bad encounters, but there was some moments where I was working by myself and it was getting late. You know, that I would think, I hope nobody comes in here and fucks with me or, you know, What would you do? I don't know. I didn't have any protection or, you know, a lot of money to give out or anything. So they wouldn't have been very happy. You're supposed to just give them the money, right? Like that's protocol, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's like, this is the money. It's insured, I think. It should be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can argue about the money later. You're not going to argue about something being dead, you know, if you get shot. Instead of giving the money away. That's true. They're like, what happened? He didn't give me change. (laughs) So I gave him nine. (laughs) Uh, I was just going to ask if you have one piece of advice that you were given by someone anytime in your life that still plays a part in your life. That still plays a part in my life. I've been given so many advice. Dang, which one should I pick? Always have jumper cables. You got to always have jumper cables. It will save you from more things than you think. And if not, 
you will help more people than you think. Yeah. And that's sure. cool too. Yeah. Jump for cables. That's a good one. The good ones too. Don't get the little ones that don't yeah, start the tiny, tr- tiny ones. Yeah. Cause you know, sometimes there's a truck and then you have a little car and yeah. that's not going to do it. Right. You know, and then you gave them hope and now you're not going to deliver. Yeah. It's like, Oh man, I thought you had me. <laughs> we <can laughs> I thought work. you were going to help me. <laughs> So that's that's what someone else told you. And I, I was going to ask if you have a piece of general advice that you would like to give out. So that could be one. Yeah, have a toe jack. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. It is quite a. It is quite difficult to use the little ones, the triangle ones. Yeah, those are difficult. So a floor jack would be cool. So yeah, but you have the room. Any advice? I would say, no matter for how long you have, always dedicate time to what you like doing. Even if it's five minutes or an hour, mm. or if you can spend the whole day doing what you like doing, always make time to do what makes you happy. And it doesn't always have to be the same thing every day. And if there is one thing that is the same thing every day, that's even cooler. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes you don't have a lot of time to do something, so you'd rather not do it. Don't do that. Right. You have a minute, do it. Whatever it is. It's just good to dedicate time to yourself, yeah. to what you like. And that has helped me stay fed spiritually and mentally because I keep my peace at a priority by doing the things that I like doing. Makes sense. You know, and it may get you far. I mean, it got me this far. Right. In that process, you might find that you prefer doing a certain hobby or a certain thing more than work. And you could maybe also make some money off of it too. But yeah. Maybe not. Just, <laughs> <laughs> maybe go broke. But. Maybe go broke. Like, I want to busk in New Orleans forever. I like po' boys. <laughs> I, I would take po' boys for a tip in New Orleans. Yeah. That'd be a good way to make a living. Yeah, I think so. Do you, have you ever busk? Mm-hmm. Really? I wish I was a good musician to busk. Yeah. Yeah, I would do it all the time. I don't even know what that is. Busking? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you've probably done it. It's when you go and play in the street. Or oh. play, or like you just play. That has you, a name? Yeah, it's called busking. Busking? Yeah. I, I thought you know. knew about this. No. Yeah, and that's when people like toss coins and things. Right, right. You know? No, I've I never, think you I've would never, be good. I think me and my buddy Brent did that one time at a grocery store parking lot. Yeah. Just, that's it, was, consider- it was more of just goofing off, and I think yeah. we made, you know, like seven bucks or something. That's but, considered busking. Okay. Yeah. So you've that done it. it. Yeah. yeah. It was just for laughs and just kind of running around being stupid. Sometimes it is. Yeah. New Orleans is full of that. <laughs> and po' boys. With a po' boy tip. I get, I get it now. Tip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great. Have you ever been there? New Orleans? Yeah. Mm-mm. It's really cool. Have you ever been to Vegas? Yes. Okay. Imagine Vegas. Next to a swamp. No. <laughs> it is next to a swamp. But imagine. <laughs> it seems like you're not going to like it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> is it full of uh, humidity and mosquitoes? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, but I will hate it. <laughs> okay, imagine Las Vegas, but gross. There's way better food. Mm. That's what I definitely hear about. Is the yeah. food is pretty way damn good. Food. It's it's not a great variety of food like you would find in Las Vegas, right? And Vegas does have good food, mm-hmm. but there is good food that's not necessarily expensive. It reminds me of Nicaragua. Nicaragua. We went to Nicaragua. Oh yeah, at least told me about that. What was your experience yeah. like? I've heard hers in many different ways and oh, about man. many different topics. Right. But I've never heard a single one out of yours. 
<laughs> so this is what I let me tell you what I know about this cruise. It was a cruise, right? No, no, not a cruise. We It just, wasn't a cruise. We just traveled. You just traveled to yeah, different places. When did she go on a cruise? She went another time after okay. we went. All right. So this is what I know of Nicaragua. Is you guys stayed at a resort, and uh, well, I guess a resort. I don't know. No, can't remember exactly all the places that we stayed. So, what was your favorite part of that trip? It wasn't the zip lining. It wasn't the zip line. She's <laughs> never told me about zip lining. Did she I do did it? Not, yeah. Oh, yeah, you didn't do I, it. I didn't like it. I did. Oh. I did. I'm did not you not like heights. it because? Oh, because you're afraid. It of was heights. high up there. I thought it was. I just boring. kept thinking the whole time. You know, I'm gonna be the one. It's gonna snap on me, and I'm gonna fall face first in all these fucking trees down here. The, the gorillas. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't get over that that uh, feeling. Dang. No, the, it was howler monkeys that we howler were monkeys? experiencing over there. I said like the army gorillas was. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it was it was good. It was a good experience. What reminded me of it was the food being cheap. You know, I remember us going to a bar, and we had she had two drinks, I had two drinks. We had three appetizers. I'm pretty sure. And it was like eleven dollars. Wow! For everything that's know, really eleven cool. American dollars. Do they accept cash? Like yeah, a dollar of, cash. Well, I think yeah, some places did. Okay. But we yeah, we had a conversion kit. We had a bunch of paper Cordobas. paper money. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. their currency. Yeah. It was fun. We visited uh, what was it? A place where they take care of malnourished kids. An orphanage. And we'd, help, and we'd help feed them. And you like? Man, it was rough. We went to a farmer's market. Yeah. And they have this giant pile of like compost and I guess scraps. And yeah. someone's got a whole bunch of bananas and there's some bad bananas. So they throw the bananas in there. But somebody came up with a wheelbarrow and had it full of scraps and stuff. And they would just add it to this giant pile. And whenever they were done, these kids just came out of nowhere running over to it, just trying to find some stuff to take. And I thought, fuck. Dang. That's, People live like that, and that sucks. That People hurts. live like that here. Have you heard of dumpster oh, divers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody said that the other day. It was on another podcast. They said uh, freegan, like vegan, freegan, but it's yeah. freegan. Yeah, I've never heard that until the no other morals. day. No morals. Pretty interesting. But yeah, people live like that everywhere. That's just you know being face to face with that. Uh, that was tough. It was yeah. tough to see that. What's the roughest But, thing you've seen here in the U.S.? Like something like that, like you just mentioned in Nicaragua. What have you seen here? Uh, I mean, just besides random people on the side of the road that don't look good. Uh, maybe in California, saying how many freaking people tent were in tents, you know, yeah. and not having homes and, and it just being kind of gross too in that area. Usually just people on the side of the road, people that are obviously homeless or obviously going through a bad time. Yeah. Other than that, maybe have not experienced anything that horrific. Yeah. What about you? Here in the U.S., the same as you. Things like that. Uh, yeah, I've been lucky. <laughs> yeah. I've been lucky because even in Mexico, I mean, you see, same thing. Homeless people, people who are not doing well. But you do see more kids. You do see more kids as well as adults. You know, yeah. in the streets, living there or uh, working there. You know, most of the time you don't see where they sleep. They could have a home as far as I know. But you could tell they spend almost all their time in the streets because you'll see them in any given hour. Like if you're in this big city and you transverse it, mm -hmm. you see the same people outside. Right. You know, and sometimes you see them on the reg because now you that's where you live. So you 
go around there and you could tell them well, that's where they live. You've never seen it elsewhere and every time, no matter what time of day you see them, is more than likely that's where they spend most of the time. Yeah. And so you see kids, uh, you know, in buses selling stuff. But you know what? They don't seem sad. I don't know their life. I don't want to speak on behalf of them, but they're just living. Right. And maybe they like not going to school like your chump ass with the following the man. Yeah, right. You know, they're learning how to sell. They probably know how to give change better than you when you're six. Right. You know, these people know just different things. Mm-hmm. You know, they just know life in a different way. And because that's how they know it, they don't know that it's good or bad. It right. has goods and it has its bads, just like your life, you know? Yep. I, I don't know what would determine anybody saying, oh, we have a good life. Well, what's a good life? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Some people would argue that um, they don't like having to work all the time. And, you know, that's a good thing in some places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody has their thing. So kids are no different, I don't think. And then we see that and we're like, man, I want, I want to help them out. I want to feed them. I want to give them money. I want them to go to school. I want them to you know, go to college and get student loans and have a life. Yeah. You know, that's what we want mm, for them. I guess it's not bad, but is it? I don't know. Right. You know, or they could just keep living there and they get to travel. I mean, they're not bound to anywhere. They can just go wherever they want to go. They don't have a home. They'll never be educated or, or maybe they'll have to do that on their own. Or maybe they die because of the conditions that they have to live in. But that's no different. We can die at any moment, too. Right. You die as soon as you walk outside the door. Yeah. Before you hit the door. Before. I was here one night by myself (laughs) drinking water and choked on the water, and I seriously thought I was going to die. Really? I could not get a breath of air in because it was like I I coughed. I was afraid to cough because I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to breathe back in. Yeah. It was that bad. I immediately got up out of my chair. I was running down the hallway just trying to think, like, what can what I do? do? You know, like, what, do I get a plunger and, like, <laughs> what do I do to make what, this? What did you do? You know, and I just kept thinking in my head, oh, my God, how? what an idiot. I'm going to die drinking fucking bottle of water. He drowned. Um, finally coughed and was able to, I think I breathed through my nose, which is extremely hard to do. Yeah. I always have sinus issues and my nose is almost closed all the time, but I just breathed as hard as I could through my nose. And I think because it was hard to breathe and it was slow that it kind of helped calm me down too. Yeah. But finally was able to breathe a normal breath, you know, after a good 30 seconds or uh, maybe a minute and God, it felt like an eternity. Yeah. You know, that happens to me. Yeah. You know what I do? It's help. I make sure that the first thing that I do is excel everything. Like, no matter what, I have to excel. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not going to inhale first because I may not be able to, but you can most definitely exhale, mm-hmm. even through your nose, through whatever. So, before I breathe, let me just excel. <laughs> so, the first thing I do is excel, and then I'll inhale again, if I can. Then I find out if I can or can't inhale, but it has to start with an exhale. Weird. And then I find out, okay, can I inhale now? Because that's the important part. Yeah. And that's what you begin with beginning from the very beginning of mm-hmm. inhaling, which is you have no oxygen. Yeah. No, it's again. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, it is very scary. You don't know if you need to call help. And then, <laughs> you know what? The worst part is that when it turns out you're okay, you get made fun of. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I had somebody do that to me when I was a kid. 
push me down in the pool and I couldn't breathe. Man, I get crazy if I cannot breathe. That's maybe the other reason why I probably shouldn't be in mixed martial yeah. arts. I just, you know, you're put in those positions a lot. And yeah. I'm, if I take it personal, then I'm not approaching it the right way. Yeah. But anyway, I was dunked in the pool and this guy was holding me down. I took in, all, not a full <laughs> breath, but I took in some water. I breathed in. And, you know, I did something. I probably pinched his leg or, you know, elbowed him in the dick or something to get up. And, you know, I'm coughing. I can't breathe hardly at all. I'm coughing up water. And this guy is going, oh, <laughs> you know, fuck <laughs> you, dude. Yeah, that so, sucks, right? Yeah. So he's like, glad you're okay. Yeah, right. You know, glad you're not dead, you I guess. You choked on water? Stupid what a loser. Idiot. Yeah. Yeah, so you're like, man, should I just die? Maybe just let myself choke. But I think somebody did that to me at another buddy's house or something. It had We were just sitting next to each other and, you know, drinks are always involved whenever situations like that happen. But he reached over and just like, like put me in a chokehold. Like just a full, like a just, little Just headlock. randomly. Yeah. Just kind of reached over and got me in, in a headlock. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not in my right mind when my air supply is cut off. So I what do you do? just go into panic mode. So I was trying to say that I can't breathe. And I was just slapping him on his leg, and he wasn't doing anything. And I slapped him harder, and then I immediately reached and grabbed his junk yeah. and squeezed as hard as I could. And he was like, whoa, the fuck? I said, exactly, what the fuck are you doing to me? I can't breathe. <sighs> no homo. <laughs> no homo. I'll rip this motherfucker off. So, yeah. Dang. That's a, I think that's why you should train jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Because I mean, yeah, that'd be training, right? Yeah. It'd train me into responding cool with it, properly. Like yes. You, you could have um, been collected and then somehow picked him up and then put him on the ground gently. Gently pushed him on the ground. And, and then, then he'd be like, oh, he'd be scared of that. <laughs> right. He'd be like, whoa. He's trying yeah. to move. It's like, how are you lifting me? And you say, it's Leviosa. <laughs> Leviosa. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, man. I got to revisit Harry Potter. It's great. You know, so I'm going to teach my kid about Harry Potter. I want to see if I can trick him into thinking he's a wizard. And somehow I'm going to pay someone who uh, trains birds of prey to deliver a letter to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> now, this print's going to be a year-long prank. Yeah. Because somehow I have to make sure that no one tells him it's not real. Mm-hmm. And uh, something about moguls, whatever. <laughs> and we're going to make him think he's going to get his letter at 12. And then that's when we get him a puppy. Maybe. Oh, okay. So that he's not too disappointed. Right. We'll tell him it's like his pet that he gets to take to Hogwarts. And then we're like, well, you know, there's there's not there's not a hog. <laughs> he's probably going to say, duh. I know. Duh. <laughs> I saw it on Google already. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. You know what I want to do? I also want to show my kid Goodfellas before Home Alone so that it's funnier. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) He's like, like, this kid's like, oh, Joe Pesci's going to fuck this kid up. Right, right. And then you're like, what's like, why is he such an idiot? (laughs) That's awesome. Well, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Because I am... No, that's about it. That's about it. You know, I, we talked about music. I know you're a musician, so I really liked listening to the perspectives you had on, on a similar mental thing, you know, because you got to perform. Mm-hmm. That's the thing we have in common. We have to perform, and it has to be done right because we have standards for our work. Right. 
So hearing what you had to say about that and that aspect was pretty cool. It was really cool. I'm Likewise. surprised you don't know how to read music. Yeah, I don't. I, and, and I still don't know if it may or may not reduce the time in which it takes you to prepare a piece. I don't know. It, it would probably depend, depend on the music too. But at the same time, people... I know some metal players, guitarists, that do all digital tabs, like guitar tabs, cool. which like I was telling you, it's just, it's basically just showing the strings and the fret number for each string. So you're just reading it that way. And it's pretty simple. It's like laying your fretboard, you know, like you're looking down at your fretboard flat like this? and you can see the string lines and or you can like see the this. numbers horizontal. So oh. if the guitar was laid out horizontal and with you the weren't fretboard, grabbing it. right. And the fretboard was looking at you. The, you can see the string numbers or the lines and the head and is then where? the numbers of the fret like on your well, either, either way oh, either uh, way yeah left sorry so your lowest string would be on the very bottom and you're reading towards the top that's cool it's a high string that's cool which when you're playing the li it's not that way oh, your top man. string is your low string and your bottom string is your higher string would switching the position so of, of learning that be easier when it came to I don't know just go oh this is cool I got it you <laughs> I know? Don't know but I don't have an argument against learning to read music but I know that I've talked to people before that are pretty well versed in music theory and stuff and when they talk about writing music they'll say the interesting thing about this scale is that it's a complementary scale for this key you know, it's it's a certain scale used in yeah. C, but you can also apply it to A for whatever reason. And it's a complimentary blah, blah, blah. And they go into detail about that. And this seventh works better with this and all that stuff. Yeah. And then I listen to what they're talking about and I think, sounds okay, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the way you're describing it is much more elegant and awesome to hear, but I don't think it sounds good. Because <laughs> I'm I'm using my ears to appreciate things yeah. versus using my mind to process what's happening, you know, most of the time. So I I don't have that level of appreciation of wow, that's an interesting complimentary note. Unless it sound, I get that same feeling via yeah. my ears, not just my understanding of music theory. So what's an arpeggio? If you were to explain to someone what it is, because I just know what I said. And that's not that's, a lot. Yeah, that's all that I know, really. I mean, no. the way I've always associated it is just like a chord. Like you're playing a full chord, but you're doing in, intervals time. of yeah of the notes within that chord. And that could be inaccurate. I and don't, I don't know I, why those. Why not the second and the seventh? And you know, why not those? Why because, those? Because I don't they're know. Bad. They're bad. That's why. They're in the wrong key. Yeah. The G string. <laughs> They were caught yeah. with A minor. <laughs> <laughs> so, if anyone wanted to follow you on your journey, yeah. keep, keep up with you and your fights and your progress and all that stuff, where would we send them? You would send them to Vic underscore A-L-T-A-M-I-R-A-N-O, which is my last name, Altamirano. So, you know, that would be an Instagram is Vic underscore at Altamirano. And on Twitter, it's the same thing, but there's two underscores. Oh, okay. I found it. That was cool. Like a bridge. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I didn't know you could type two underscores. I was just fucking with you because I was mad. Because, <laughs> like, this is incorrect. You need to have blah, 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 oh, blah, blah, right. and a number. So I'm like, oh, what about two underscores? Yeah. And it accepted it. So I said, oh, well then. 
Do you use Twitter very much? No, I use Instagram the most. So if anyone wants to reach me, it'll be through Instagram. Okay. Most definitely. Awesome. Do you record any videos of you training or anything and share? Um, I, I do. They're, they're, in my, they're on my page. Okay. I should probably do more videos. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, Get the hype up. I really don't know if... Sometimes you don't like your own work. I'm like, oh, I don't like that video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I should probably post it anyway. Yeah. Because it's interesting to others. Yeah. You know? It's not for all of your fellow rollers and sparrers. Yeah. You know, it's for anyone that's, that cares about what you're doing. I'll recreate the slide incident. Maybe people would like to <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I dare you. With my kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I'm okay. not going to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do that? I don't know. But I was rolling with it. I will go. It's going to be a hurricane harbor <laughs> this coming summer. <laughs> All right, Vic. It was good to have you and uh, hope to have you again. Yeah, good soon. to be here. Thank you. All right. Carry on. Bye bye, everyone. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your day. I love you. Bye. Rusty's Escape Pod. Rusty's Escape Pod.